On Friday, the eldest member of our parish passed away. Her name is Dee Pennock. For those of you who've been in the parish for a while, you may know her, but for many of you, she won't be very familiar because for many years she's been homebound. She was 97 when she passed away. And Dee was a remarkable woman. She became Orthodox in the 1950s in New York after hearing a talk by Father George Florovsky. And she eventually befriended Father George and his wife and was Orthodox for many decades and wrote books uh, about the Orthodox faith. You know, we had the recent passing away of John Poulos. In between the two of those, Joe passed away. You wouldn't know Joe, he's an elderly Bulgarian man, unless you came before Orthros when every single Sunday he would faithfully light a candle for his departed wife. And we have other parishioners that are on their deathbeds. <coughs> Death is around us. Death is here, always present. And so death has been on my mind. In the Trisagion service, we pray, grant rest to your departed servant in a place of light, in a place of repose, in a place of refreshment where there is no pain, sorrow, and suffering. It's a beautiful image. That idea of rest. No more of those things. No more suffering or pain. Only the good things. All the goodness of God is what awaits us. But we can't think about death without resurrection, right? The church also invites us to think quite a bit about death and resurrection. Every single Sunday is a little celebration of Pascha, as you may know. Every single Sunday, we're reminded about how death has, as the Paschal hymn goes, tramp been trampled down by death. Death has been trampled down by death. So today I'd like to read to you some of the hymns that are just from this Sunday, from the Vespers, from the Orthros. So bear with me, there are quite a few. From last night's Vespers, come let us rejoice in the Lord who destroyed the power of death and enlightened mankind. And then in another hymn, as God you put death to death by death. And again, I boast of your resurrection, for your death is my life. And another beautiful hymn. As God and Master, O Christ, by your will you descended into Hades, despoiling death. And on the third day you rose, raising Adam with you, who was held by the chains of hell and of corruption. And he cried out and said, Glory be to your resurrection, O only loving God. Another hymn says, Rising from the tomb, the Savior of the world, you have together with your flesh raised up mankind. Because he took on flesh, and his flesh died, his humanity died, and he raised in his flesh all of those who are in their flesh. By his resurrection on the third day, he set us free from the tyranny of Hades, granting us life. You have descended into Hades, O Christ, despoiling death, rising on the third day, and have also raised us up. Yet you rose on the third day in power, also raising Adam, who cried, 
Glory to your resurrection, only loving God. That was all from Vespers. And then in the Orthros this morning, in your three-day entombment, you despoiled death. By your life-bearing rising, you have resurrected corrupted man. In your love for humanity, O Christ God, glory to you. And then this beautiful condacium. No longer will death's dominion have power to detain mortal men. For Christ went down and smashed and destroyed its powers. Now Hades is bound, and the prophets in unison exult and declare, the Savior has appeared to those with faith. Come out, you faithful, to the resurrection. Smashed and destroyed the gates of Hades. Hades is completely obliterated. And in another hymn called the Ecos, this is a long one, listen closely to this. The netherworld below was trembling today. Hades and death before the one of the Trinity. The earth was convulsing, the wardens of hell seeing you cowered in fear. Yet all of creation rejoicing with the prophets sings an ode of triumph to you, our Redeemer and God, who now has destroyed the power of death. To Adam and to those who are born of him, let us shout in triumph and cry aloud, a tree has brought this man back in. Come out, you faithful, to the resurrection. A tree has brought Adam back out of Hades because a tree brought him into Hades and into death. But the tree of the cross has brought him back out. And later in the Orthros, Christ has risen from the dead, having loosed the bonds of death. O earth, proclaim the good tidings of great joy. O heavens, praise the glory of God. The benefactor came to the ungrateful, the liberator to the captives, the son of righteousness to those who sit in darkness, the light shone in hell, he who is life has trampled on death. For the fallen, he is the resurrection. O Lord, you have shattered the gates of hell, and you have put an end to death's dominion. Again, you have put an end to death's dominion. All by your own mighty power. And you raised up with yourself the dead who lay in darkness from when time began. By your divine and glorious resurrection as the king over all and as God omnipotent. Come let us rejoice in the Lord and be exultant in his resurrection. For with himself he raised the dead from the bonds of Hades that no one could break. Hades was taken prisoner and Adam has been summoned back. The curse has been neutralized and Eve has been liberated. Death has been put to death and we have been brought to life. And then the crown of all of these hymns is the only thing that you hear when you're in liturgy. There's just one hymn from all of these resurrectional hymns of this day. It's the Apolitikian that we just sang. And in that we say, O Lord, by your sacred cross, you abolish death. Abolished death. Like abolishing slavery. Death is no more. This is the kind of language that the church uses. And all of this is within the hymns of the church. And this is, these are just the hymns for the Sunday when we use the seventh mode. And you know those resurrectional hymns in liturgy, they rotate. There are eight of them and they rotate through. Again, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Because behind that one apolitikion, 
is an entire book of hymns for that particular mode, that particular Sunday. An entire canon that we don't even do in Orthros. So many hymns. An entire book called the Anastasi Makarios. Means the book of the resurrection, roughly. All of these hymns about the resurrection. And we haven't even talked about Pascha. 40 days of singing more hymns. New hymns and different hymns. And these hymns, some of them are repeated again throughout the year. Do we get the point about how important the death and resurrection of Christ is? And how death is no longer. Why do you think the church keeps repeating this? Repeating it to the point that we, in our numbness and in our deafness, don't even hear the repetition. But the church keeps on repeating it, like that low drum beat. Keeps on repeating it every single Sunday. The resurrection, Christ's resurrection. Death has been abolished. The gates of Hades have been destroyed. And the drum keeps beating and beating for us. Why? Why? Why all of this remembrance of death? All of this celebratory, joyous talking about Christ's great victory. Because we need to remember the victory of Christ. We need to remember his victory so that we have no fear. And furthermore, we need this because we need to prepare ourselves. Because death does indeed come. It's a different death, an entirely different death as a result of Christ's resurrection. But our physical life does come to an end. And so the church is reminding us to prepare for this. To prepare for something that is far more important than this life, which is our eternal life. The life that has no end. Not this brief little breath of a life that happens before us. In the gospel today, we hear the great miracle of the resurrection, right? Christ resurrects the, the young man who is the only child of this widowed woman. And it's this great miracle. But eventually he and his mother die. We all die. The greatest of miracles, the greater miracle, is when Christ forgives sins. Right? He did this so many times where he would forgive the sins of someone. And then the people would say, oh, who can forgive sins? He would say, okay, rise from your bed. But the greater, sin, the greater miracle is forgiveness of sins. Why? Because... This is towards eternal life. So yes, it's a wonderful blessing for this widow in Nain that she has her son back, but they're both going to die again. And so they're still on that same journey towards the same thing that each and every one of us are facing. But the church reminds us so many times because it's our death that matters more. So often we forget our goal, preparation for our own death. And focus sometimes desperately on extending this life, on our health. Most of the time we're focused on this life. We want physical healing. We want to be protected from disease and from death. But my brothers and sisters, these hymns remind us that the church is not here to protect us from sickness and death. The church is here to prepare us for these things. Sickness and death come. But as they come, we have prepared ourselves, and they come in a fundamentally different way. The church is not here to protect us from these things. In fact, these are the paths through which we enter into salvation. 
because ultimately sickness and death have no power over our immortal souls. This is the victory that is proclaimed each and every Sunday in these hymns, that death has been overcome by death. Even sickness has no power in our weakness, in our earthliness, we fear sickness and its short-term effects. But even this God uses to crown us eternally because through that trial of sickness, we are sanctified, we draw closer to our Lord if we have the eyes to see and if we approach it in the right way. Even these things, they have no power over us. How much do we live our lives as though these have the greatest power over us, gripped by fear? They have no power. To be blunt a little bit, so what if I die? That's the point. I'm going to die. You're all going to die. This room will be filled by other people. We have to embrace that. We have to accept that and understand that we will die. How will we face it? Because what the church does is it does prepare us for this. Every liturgy we also say, a Christian end to our lives, peaceful, without shame and suffering, and for a good defense before the awesome judgment seat of Christ. This is what the church is doing for us. This is how the church is preparing us. Because death will not be a shock to us if we are prepared. Death is only a shock to us if we have not prepared. But as that litany says, peaceful, a peaceful death. That doesn't simply mean a death without pain or struggle. That means a death that we are at peace with, that we are approaching in peace. Because Christ is conquered, we need not fear sickness and death. So listen to those hymns every week. Come to the Vespers, come to the Orthos, and hear these hymns of great joyous victory. Because death as it was is no longer. Sickness is no longer the thing that it was. All of these things God uses as tools towards our eternal life and our salvation. And we must become participants in that. As Christians, our life is a paradox. We heard that in the epistle of, uh, of Paul today. He says, we're treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown, yet well-known, as dying, and behold, we live as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Our life must have paradox if we are to be Christians. If it doesn't have paradox, we're not really Christians. The paradox, like our Lord said, of that we have to die to live, because if we don't die to live, then when we live, we'll die. All of this paradox throughout our, our Lord's teachings. And St. Isaac of Syria says it very clearly. He says, it is not true that all those who are living are alive, nor that all those who are buried are dead. We must take these words to heart so that when we are living, we are dying to this world rather than that we're walking dead, approaching our death, because all we can think about is the fear of death, the fear of sickness, and encasing our life in that. My brothers and sisters, the joy of the resurrection is always before us, because the church puts it before us. 
It's there for us to embrace, to read those hymns, to remind ourselves that we have no more enemies, or a powerless enemy, we could say, because Christ has trampled down death by death. Amen. <laughs>